Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Friday. Hello, hello. And today's date is March 31st, 2017. And tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Yes, and I want to give a shout out to Heather, who has a birthday coming up next Tuesday. Oh, that's right. Yes, praise the Lord. Wow. How does it feel to be 25, Heather? (laughs) 25. Wow, that's cool. And today, this show is entitled Feeble Hands and Weak Knees. Huh? Huh? Feeble Hands and Weak Knees. Here's why. I picked some select stories. Hand-picked for you, the Kapow Radio Show listeners. Hand-selected. Like a fine wine, these stories were selected. And they're all about feeble people. They're just, they're feeble, like feeble minds. They got feeble hands, weak knees, because they're spiritually feeble. And uh, it's like a really sick society that's crashing very, very rapidly. Yep. There's just no way. The American culture, the Western culture, it's, it's impossible for it to sustain itself any number of years. Mm-hmm. It, it will crash uh whether you know you believe in biblical prophecy or not it, you you just have to look at history it's going to crash it's um very feeble it's yeah. very unsteady it's inevitable inevitable but we are not too concerned about that because we do believe in biblical prophecy and we do believe we know exactly what's going to happen and so we're kind of we're okay with it amen because it, uh, those are the appointed times god has the moeds and you can't get all worked up, you know, even though it's hard not to, but you can't get worked up about some of this stuff because they're just, it's just the appointed time. Appointed time, yes. The Moed. Right. You know what, Miss Capel? I mm-hmm. think you have a wonderful scripture that goes with the title of Feeble Hands and Weak Knees. It's from Ezekiel 1630, and it says, How weak is thine heart, saith the Lord God, seeing thou doest all these things, the work of an imperious, whorish woman. And that's, that was God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel to the nation of Israel. And he was saying, how weak are you? I mean, how your knees are feeble. You're just so weak. You're such a sissy. And you're like, a, a, what's that word that, that it used? Imper, imperious? Imperious. Mm-hmm. You know, the imperious woman, a uh, whorish woman. Basically, God was calling the nation of, of Israel a domineering whore. Mm-hmm. That's what he was saying. You're, you're a domineering, um, like a Jezebel, Jezebel street whore. You know, just loud and brash, 
and um, you know, but you're feeble. And it wasn't too long after that 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 nation got whacked and uh, they got punished because of the their lack of obedience to God's commands. It won't be long before Western culture, the world uh, as a whole, is, is going to get recompense. There is a final, there is a final wrath, and that is yet to come, folks. So mm-hmm. it's coming. Don't know when, but it's yet to come, and there is a final wrath. The earth will be split asunder. Um, there's no other way to spiritualize that. It's just going to be split asunder. So uh, it's woo. coming. Yeah, woo wee. And then you'll realize you'll wake up to either eternal life or eternal damnation. And then you'll realize the the dream state that you had been in, the prison planet you had been in, and that none of it really matters anymore after that. Right. So I can can I get any more depressing? I don't know. I, I think you can. I probably can get more <laughs> depressing, you know. <laughs> but I'm not depressed about it at all. I just, it just, it's just the way, just the way it is. Mm-hmm. It's the way, it's the way I see it. On a biblical note, okay. The first story here, Miss Capel. Now, this is a feeble hand, weak knee mentality. This is unbelievable. There is a um, a man, and I use that word very, very carefully. Um. And his name is, uh, what is his name? Hold on, hold on. Laurel? No, his name is Gavin. (laughs) G-A-V-I-N Hubbard, H-U-B-B-A-R-D. He's from New Zealand. His his real name is Gavin Hubbard. He's a man. Now, he's 39 years old as of uh, today. And in his mid-30s, he decided, I no longer want to be Gavin. I want to be Laurel. So there's your name, Miss Kapow. Laurel. L-A-U-R-E-L. Just like a laurel tree. Mm-hmm. So he wants to be Laurel, so he decides to transgender, to move from identifying as a man to identifying as a female. So you say, well, Paul, that's old news. A lot of people do that. What's the deal? Well, here's the deal. When when he was identifying as a man under Gavin, he was a a competition weight uh, lifter, Olympic weight lifter, and he competed as a man. All right. So, what happens? is in his mid-30s, he decides, well, I want to be a female. And then being a female, he says, I still want to lift weights, Olympic weights, competitively. Excuse me. But I want to do it as a female. And here's the rub. Because you got a man, you got a big, strong man who knows what he's doing. Yeah. uh, Lifting competitive weights with the females. Yeah, so obviously he's going to win. He won, yeah. But but there, here's what's amazing. It's like he's he's being praised mm-hmm. for this nonsense. Uh, this is from the New Zealand Herald. Yeah. Uh, he's calling himself Laurel. He's dominated his first major competition. I refuse to call her a her. I hate these articles because they, they call them hers, and it's mm-hmm. a he. Uh, and he took out a bunch of people doing this. This guy, 
39 years old, won the women's over 90 kilogram division. He set four unofficial national records in the process. <laughs> wow. Uh, he beat a bunch of people. He even beat some gal from Samoa. Samoa. He, he looked um, He looked visibly emotional as he lined up behind the DS where the official medal was presented to him. Yeah. But, but he kept back the tears, smiling and waving as he stood atop the podium. Oh, my. Now, in the article, it calls it, every time I say he, it's a her, but, it, but it's a he. Okay. So, um, anyway... Earlier this month, Hubbard was selected to make his international debut as a chick after usurping Rio Olympian Tracy Lambrix at the top of the division. Now, here's here's the deal. Here's where's the agenda. Every time we do these stories every week, I try to point out the agenda. Mm-hmm. What's what's the purpose behind this? Where's where's the man behind the curtain, Miss Powell? Yes, that's the question. Here's the man. Hubbard's selection was considered a pioneering moment in sport for the LBGT community. There it is. Bing, ding, 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 ding. Agenda. Further ground could not yet be broken. With tonight's performance in Melbourne expected to go a long way to securing Hubbard's place in the team for the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games next year. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and this is nothing different than the um, female transgenders that go into uh, and compete with the uh, female wrestling team. Oh, God, yes. You know yes. I mean? Yeah. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago there in Texas. Mm-hmm. So they're they're going all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's these dudes, and they're going into the female sports and just cleaning up. And then being proud of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, they're like they're like male dogs. They're they're pissing their territory. Yeah, there's another one. I forget his name. It, um, that transgender to a female, and he's a MMA fighter, and he's beating all these women up <laughs> as a dude. Yeah, see. come on, you know. <laughs> it's like what the Bible calls where they're pissing against the wall. Yeah, they're, they got feeble feeble hands, weak knees. Um, now, what is the what is the Olympic? Now, you know, people listening to stories going, well, that's not fair. How come, how come that's allowed? Mm-hmm. Right? What's the International Olympic Committee say about this? Right? You know what they say about this? Here's what's funny. Quote, we have to follow the policy of the International Olympic Committee and the International Weightlifting Federation. They do not acknowledge in any way the gender identity of an athlete other than male or female. They're not described as transgender. So anybody walking in like this dude, Gavin, and he says, my name is no longer Gavin, it's Laurel, can compete because he says, I'm a female. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when they wrote these rules, the International Olympic Committee and the International Weightlifting Federal uh, Federation, that they only uh, acknowledge male and female. When they wrote those rules, it's because there's only male and female, right? Right. That, that would be like uh, them writing a rule saying, in order to compete, you have to be human, mm-hmm. right? This is, this is a human competition. Right. But now my, my elephant identifies as a, as a human. 
And so now my I, my elephant is winning all the gold, mm-hmm. you know, because he's a pretty strong elephant and he's identifying as a, as a human. So it's it's like if that's the rules, that, then you're going to have to change that policy, folks. Right. You can't right. just keep that because this is not right. No, it's wrong. Yeah. And it says the world weightlifting body has followed the guidelines from the IOC's consensus meeting on sex reassignment and hyperandrogenism issued in November 2015. And among those recommendations, it states that those who transition from male to female, like this guy, must demonstrate that their total testosterone level has been below 10 uh, liter, nanoliters for at least 12 months prior to their first competition. See, and so, that can always be manipulated. Well, yeah, you know, it, it can, but the, the thing is, there's still a man. Mm-hmm. Okay, there might be a man with low testosterone, but there's still more of a man than a, than a genetic uh, female. That's right. <laughs> so that's the only thing you're looking at is the testosterone. Anyway, it, this this kind of stuff seems to be more and more uh, common. Mm-hmm. You're reading more and more stories about this. And the agenda behind it, the reason why I talk about it is it's being praised. Mm-hmm. It's being praised by the LB. GT community, and it's being put in the paper. It's being praised like you know something yeah. good. What's evil is good. Mm-hmm. What's good is evil. Um, my, I I think all this stuff should be boycotted. I really do. I think. I know. I mean, if you really have a, a heartburn over this, yeah. then that's what you should do. Yeah, you wouldn't even. You shouldn't even attend it. Wait, uh-huh. wait. You know, just just you know. I mean, it's just gonna get. Wait till they get figure ice skating and. You know, of course, mm-hmm. male and female are really strong in that sport. I mean, that's a poor, poor example. But, um, you know, it's just going to keep going and going and going. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, my suggestion is just boycott this, this junk and let, let the 12 LGBT people attend it. Yeah. Because there's only about 12 of them out there. The rest of them, uh, rest of the people are, what the heck? Mm-hmm. But see, people like all that stuff, you know, yeah. sensationalism. Yep, because we're in the toilet. They want to see it. We're in the toilet as a as a race, as a species. Now, uh, some people don't want to hear that. You know, I opened the show talking about uh, the world's going to split asunder. The Earth it's going to split asunder at some point. There is going to be a final wrath, and it's all over. All these the demons tremble because, believe me, the demons know this. Oh, the yeah. demons know this. Their fathers, the fallen watchers, know this. Uh, anybody that's high up in the occult, uh, in witchcraft high up, they all know this, that their time is short, and that they're trying to change it. They are trying to change it. They're, they seek to change laws and times. Yeah, they're building the, the Tower of Babel again. Yeah, they're, they're trying to do that. Um, and the Bible says that, that uh, the Antichrist spirit, you know, the Antichrist, you know, these, these kingdoms will try to change laws and times. Um, it's an attempt. It's impossible to change what God has set in motion. He has the Moeds. He has his set times. But they're going to try to do that. I, I believe CERN is one of the ways they're they're trying to uh, change the parallel universes, parallel um, you know realities. Mm-hmm. Well, their ultimate goal is to remove the name of God. Yes, yes, yes. Have you, have you those who haven't heard the the Stephen Hawking? Um, show that we did Monday. You listen to that and it's kind of kind of enlightening about the Antichrist spirit that's floating around here. 
where we're going with it. So a lot of people don't want to um, to know that. I mean, especially non um, you know non biblical Christians really don't want to know what the future holds. You know, it's like, well, I know Jesus is coming back, but I hope he don't come back before prom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just locked up in the world. Okay, so this story comes out of the Daily Mail, and it says 90% of people don't want to know what their future holds. That's a lot of people. That's, yeah. <laughs> and I found this interesting because the first thing I thought of was um, Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love Bible prophecy. Uh, I know Miss Kapow does. I mean, I, I love to know... Um, What's what what the order or the order is? What's going down? What's happening? And that way you look around and you're not all freaked out because you go, hey, yeah, there's wars and rumors of wars, and I know this and I know that, and you know the fig trees blooming. I understand that, you know. And so you just, you know, you you for us, you know, you just kind of rest. You just kind of rest in the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, this ain't my home anyway. I don't have a whole lot invested in here, and it's all going to end very very shortly. Regardless, I mean. You know, it, what, what other people don't take into account is is regardless of the final wrath of God or whatever, you're going to die. At some point, you're going to die. You could die suddenly or you could die slowly. There's You're going to die. Mm-hmm. So this is going to end. And so you might as well just lay up those spiritual treasures and yeah. get that going on for eternity than to, you know, be so wrapped up in the this this, this phony world. It's mm-hmm. fake. When I was thinking about this story, I was thinking about an ostrich, you know, because you always think of an ostrich putting its head in the sand. Yeah. yeah. And the Bible in uh, Job was saying, um, you know, the God was describing the ostrich, and she leaves her eggs in the earth and warms the, them in the dust, and she forgets that the foot may crush them or that the wild beast may break them. And so she is hardened against her young ones as though they were not hers. Her labor is in vain without fear, because God has deprived her of wisdom, neither hath he imparted to her understanding. Wow. <laughs> it's like the dumb bird passage. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just, that's just what people are that forsake the ways of God. You're just that's dumb, right. dumb birds, dumb mm-hmm. ostriches, have no idea. You're just laying treasures where it could be crushed, moths destroy, thieves mm-hmm. steal. That's right. Yeah. So these are the folks here in this study that don't want to know what the future holds. They're scared. And it was a study that was done. They found that people do not want to know their future, even if it was positive. It also found that those who prefer not to know the future are risk adverse. Mm-hmm. Uh, deliberate ignorance of the future was more likely the nearer the event was. I don't want to know. The authors claim that people prefer to maintain their enjoyment of suspense so given the choice, most people would not want to know their future, even if the events would make them happy. And these searchers found that people would rather avoid the suffering that knowing the future could cause. Mm-hmm. And most people wish to avoid regretting the decision to know and want to preserve their enjoyment of suspense in their lives, the research found. In other words, it's just just like you said, Ms. Kapow, mm-hmm. just hide your head in the sand. I just want to enjoy life. I don't have time to... to, to you know, mm-hmm. read about it. You know, um, the other day we were having breakfast. Uh, you know, you remember, Miss Capel, we met this real nice lady who actually gave us um, some comp for our uh, meal. That's right. Yeah, she had a little coupon or something and, uh, you know, paid for our meal. A really nice lady. But 
Anyway, she had, she had been living in our community for a long, long time. So I was talking to her about in 2008 when all the real estate had crashed, mm-hmm. you know, and I go, oh, you were here when everything just crashed. You know, Nevada got hit hard. And um, and you can still see the results of that in this community. A lot of empty buildings and a lot of, you know, uh, businesses that uh, didn't make it and stuff. And uh, homes that weren't built here. And, uh, she, you know, she goes, yeah, you know, type of thing. And I go, um, um, you know, but, you know, the community's growing again. And I says, but it looks like, you know, we might be heading for another bubble. It could happen again. And uh, she's just, well, she goes, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah. So it, you know, and that's true. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't worry about it. But it was kind of like the, um, I don't know, the attitude was, I, I, can't, I, I can't even think about that. You know? Yeah. And the problem is, is, yeah, there's nothing you can do about it, but you want to be aware that that can happen because of your own home or your own property values or, you know, life situations. Sure. You know, that could affect your, your income if you're on a fixed income, um, your retirement. You know, there's a lot of things that could go wrong with that. But it was kind of like, well, you know, I can't, we can't fix that. I, I can't worry about that. So uh, that type of thing. Well, anyway, here's, here's the results of this study. It uh, involved more than 2,000 students in Germany and in Spain, and they were asked about a range of positive and negative events. For example, they were asked if they wanted to know what they were getting for Christmas, whether there is life after death, or if their marriage would eventually end in divorce. And the study found that 85 to 90 percent, that's high, yeah, of the is. people would not want to know about upcoming negative events. 40 to 70% preferred to remain ignorant of upcoming positive events. Only 1% of participants consistently wanted to know what the future held. Hmm. So, you know, without going to all the details there, there it is right there. That's the, that's the mentality. Yeah. And I don't think that's a good mentality. No, um, especially the majority of them, I think, are just fearful. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's what this study showed too, mm-hmm. that they were very risk averse. They, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want to take any risk and they were very um, afraid of what might happen. Um, and it's just, so it's a very fearful, fearful uh, society that they had uh, at least sampled there. 2000 people. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, that's a lot where 90% didn't want to know nothing. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, we're just the opposite. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'm looking around at all the signs. Yeah, look, that's why we do this show. It's all about the signs. It's all about, hey, here's where you're at, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But see, we have hope. It makes a big difference. It makes a very big difference, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's a little story I thought was kind of funny. It's called a snowflake test. Mm. And it weeds out whiny, needy, entitled little brats who apply for jobs. <laughs> Yeah, this guy, his name is Kyle uh, Reyes. He's the CEO of a, of a company called The Silent Partner Marketing. And what happened is he did a video and it went viral. And so everybody wanted to work for Silent Partner Marketing. He had a lot of job applicants, which is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's great for business. So he had all these job applicants um, and he thought, well, how can I sort through all these applicants, you know, in a in an efficient manner? And he came up with an idea. He, he he had a snowflake test, and here's how he weeds out applicants that want to work for his job for his company, right? Yeah. And here's what he said. He goes, I don't want most people to work for my company. 
<laughs> okay. He says, um, no, he says, no, seriously, most people suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he sounds like me. <laughs> I'd be that way. I was like, I, I don't want, you know, the vast majority of people, I wouldn't want working for me. Um, not, he says, not just professionally, just as people. <laughs> he continued, they are whiny, needy, entitled little brats. Mm. Now, this guy's not an older guy. I would say he's probably... In his 30s, maybe yeah. early 40s. Yeah. Yeah, so he's not like he's a you know old dude. Uh, he says, now armed with his snowflake test, he can identify if a job candidate isn't the right fit for the silent partner culture, as well as the firm's clients. So here's what he did. He said the test is pretty straightforward. He asked 30 questions. Applicants answer with short responses as well as essays. So, for example, he asked, um, what does America mean to you and how do you feel about guns? Mm. And here's why he says this. He says, someone who's not proud to be an American is immediately out of the running, as well as those who don't support the Second Amendment. Excellent. He told the program that his company does a lot of work filming with guns. And he says, I also carry. So he's, he's carrying concealed. A lot of our team and clients carry as well. We have very hardcore American companies, and so you've got to be comfortable around them. So what he's saying is for my company and for my clients, if you don't want if you're not proud to be an American and you don't uh, you're not proud of that second amendment right or at least appreciate that people have that right, mm-hmm. you don't you don't belong here. Right. You know what I mean? You don't belong here. So it's kind of like a police department. You know, when Mm -hmm. I did all the hiring for a police department, you know, an applicant could look really good on paper. They can just do everything right. But, you know, as a lieutenant, I would have to have a personal interview with these guys Um, because the background investigators would do all the background. And I'll tell you what, you know, they would hand me a 600 page, you know, magnus opus on a person and they look great. And maybe even the background investigator might be in a little bias towards this person because they liked him or didn't like him. It goes either way. Right. But I would have to set up an interview with the job applicant. Every single one, every single person I hired, I personally interviewed because I had to see if they would fit the culture mm-hmm. of, of the Riverside Police Department uh, because there was a certain culture. And um, I would have done the same thing this guy would have done. Of course, back then we didn't have snowflakes, <laughs> you know, like no. that, you know, uh, that bad. But. You know, there's a lot of people I didn't hire because I just knew they wouldn't fit, yeah. fit the culture. Other ones maybe didn't look so good on paper, but they had what it took. Plus, you, you wouldn't know. want to work with people. Well, yeah, in snowflakes either. No, because you're dealing with a job in law enforcement where you're carrying a gun, and your life depends on your partner or who's rolling to your call to help you when you're rolling around on the ground at four o'clock in the morning, fighting for your life. So you can't have somebody there who's afraid of guns, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Doesn't make sense. So that's what this guy's doing. He, uh, he also asked another question. What does privilege mean to you? And when was the last time you cried and why? Hmm. You know, I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's, 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 it's valid. I mean, people cry, but I mean, why did you cry? Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know, the, the um, the trainer that we had before we came to Mesquite, one of his questions he would ask uh, potential trainers is, what kind of movie do you like? Mm-hmm. And those that liked uh, horror and gore, he wouldn't hire them. Yeah, that's right. Because huh? he just thought they were weak-minded and, you know. Yeah. 
yeah, stuck in a certain way. That's right. He did. He did. Mm-hmm. He really interviewed his trainers for, and once again, his company, his personal training company, had a real culture to it. Mm-hmm. It was a really different, you know, certain set of culture. Yeah, and that you needed. That's interesting. Um, on the privilege question, he says, "I'm looking for people who are not entitled." Uh, who don't have the sense that they should just be handed things, who are willing to work for everything they have. As for the crying question, he says he doesn't mind admissions of tears, but I'm not going to give you a safe space at our company. Right. (laughs) So another question he asks, I think this is good. How do you feel about police? Yeah. Because he says his company, Silent Partner, works very, very closely with a lot of police departments. Yeah. So you can't be a police hater. Yeah. You can't be anti-cop. And so you need to be comfortable and willing to support the men and women who serve and protect. That's all, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, could you imagine trying to work for, um, uh, you know, any kind of contractor who does something with the military? And you go, well, I don't believe in, you know, mm-hmm. you know soldiers. And, rah, 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 and Yeah. So anyway, uh, he's got a lot of backlash from this, as you can uh, imagine. And he says it doesn't bother him. He says he was scolded by a woman on the phone the other day uh, who told him that she would not take the test and shame on him for making people take a test to come to work for that company. And he wrote in this piece for the Boston Post, she demanded I remove the test test or risk losing out on a perfect employee like herself. Well, that right there tells you you don't want this person on your payroll. <laughs> exactly. You remove that test or you, you're you not going to get the perfect employee like me. And then he responded. He said, bummer, adding a message back to the jilted job seeker. Well, Snowflake, it's back to the heaping pile of applications for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this guy's not messing around. Well, good for him. You know, yeah. And, you know, he's not asking anything illegal. He's mm-hmm. not going to get sued over this. There's nothing yeah. illegal about those questions. Nope. Absolutely nothing. Um, beauty bloggers, Miss Kapow. What's up with these dudes? I know. Yeah, feeble hands and weak knees, man. I mean, our society has just. Uh, what's wrong with masculinity? Well, they've de- started demasculating them a long time ago. <laughs> wow! And now this is what we get. These guys are making big, big bucks. I mean, you're oh, talking. Well, we saw two of them on um, YouTube the other day. Yeah, yeah, they they have incredible followings. Uh, I mean, I mean, big, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the Kapow radio show can only dream about having half of what they, Oh, a fraction, of a fraction of what they have. Oh my Lord. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're reaching a lot of people and then they, of course they get money from endorsements. They get money mm-hmm. from, uh, click, you know, uh, ad click through ads and whatever. They're making good bucks. I mean, you're talking 17 year old kids making over a hundred, but see, Grand that's because they want to promote this agenda. So that's why they're elevating this kind of stuff. Yeah. They're Just willing like, to give you money and put you out there. Because they are doing the satanic agenda. Right. Just like actors mm-hmm. and musicians and politicians. You know, this, this, you know Satan's going to give you these things. He's going to give you the kingdoms of the world if you'll bow down and worship me. <laughs> and, right. and lead others to do the same. So, you know, it's his world. It's his system. So this it's a huge thing. They're beauty bloggers, they're, but they're dudes. Um, it says, these beauty bloggers have nailed the perfect cat eye in the art of contouring. They help millions of followers navigate the rocky shoals of choosing the best mascara, the longest lasting foundation. 
Some now earn six-figure incomes from their audiences. They have partnerships with major brands. Um, but they're dudes. These are guys. These are young, young uh, men. I use that loosely. Feeble hands and weak knees, folks. They may not be household names, but they do have huge followings. Here's James Charles. He's 17 years old from New York, and he was the first male face of CoverGirl. <laughs> yeah, not very good looking either. Nope. And he has 1.5 million Instagram followers. 1.5 million. Wow. That's going to get corporate makeup companies interested. Mm-hmm. Manny Guterres. He's known online as Manny Mua. He has 3.3 million of them. 3.3 million followers on Instagram. His followers are known as maniacs. I'm a maniac. <laughs> and his Instagram page leads with the slogan, I think boys deserve just as much cosmetic recognition. No, brother. Uh, these two guys uh, are the new, they're the new face, man. They're, they're out there doing it. They're making a lot of money. People love them. Uh, Charles, Mr. Charles said he started doing it on himself. He came out as gay. He says they're, they're, they're all gay, but, oh, I know what a shock. People are going, really? (laughs) They're gay. Uh, this Charles guy came out when he was 12 years old and he only started doing makeup 18 months ago. Hmm. (laughs) That's how good he got. He started doing it on himself. And then his parents thought he was transgender. He says, I'm not. It took a lot of me to explain it to them. I'm just gay. (laughs) And I do makeup, but I'm just gay. Alex Rivera. What's with the Hispanics, man? I know. There's two like Hispanics doing this. I'm Hispanic. They're Hispanic. They're making me, it's, they're making me look bad. Mm. Uh, 26-year-old beauty blogger from Chicago. He's gay. That's what the article says. I don't make it up. He said, the world of cosmetics has been really, really great support system for me. You feel different because of your sexuality and orientation, but they're a welcoming community. Unlike the Kapow radio show. Who <laughs> talks with a lip. Yeah. Okay, here's a, here's one I want to watch. Uh, Valentine's Day glitter makeup tutorial. Ah. I like to do that. He shows, uh, this Charles guy shows viewers in just 12 minutes how to recreate a pink lipstick and eyeliner look. That's something that might look good on me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, that's their thing. They're doing their thing. But the agenda, folks. The agenda. Here's one very, very uh, big, right? His name is Patrick Simondak. Hmm. Online, he's known as Patrick Star, but he dresses in drag. A transgender dresses in drag. He's sponsored by Smashbox Cosmetics and other companies. He has 2.1 million YouTube subscribers. Wow. He's fun. He's quirky and creative. He's one of the prettiest men I've ever seen. That's what they say. Hmm. So it's a huge thing. But the agenda, what's behind it? Miss Capel, will you tell people what's behind the agenda? Did we, we just tell them. I would if I knew where we were at. <laughs> well, no, you don't have to. You don't have to, I mean, the, the satanic agenda behind male makeup artists, bloggers. 
It's to desensitize people, right? That this is normal. This is okay to look like a chick, exactly. to act like a chick. Yeah. It's feeble hands, weak minds. It's it's a satanic agenda, you know. It's just the overall agenda. That's that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. This is so sad. This is so sad. Um, should I take a break? Sure. Before I start this next one. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to take a break at um, 36 minutes and 26 seconds. That's right. I'll be back. The Capel Radio Show Network produces high-quality podcasts that you definitely want to hear. So stick around and get prepared to stimulate your spirit. All right. I'm back. Are you back? Hey. hey. Yes, I am. Okay. This... Is uh, this is this is crazy? Feeble hands, weak knees. Feeble hands, weak knees. Ezekiel sixteen thirty says, "How weak is thine heart?" Jeez, mm-hmm. how weak is thine heart? See all those things that you do. You do the work of a whore. Yep. <laughs> weak is your heart. How feeble are you? Oh, my Lord. This is from the Daily Caller. Students confess their sins at masculinity confession booth. I kid you not, folks. Mm. I kid you not. A university will be hosting a masculinity confession booth, along with a number of other workshops and screenings to... Drum roll, please. Combat hyper-masculinity. Wow. That was a great drum roll, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we have all reinforced hyper-masculinity one way or another, regardless of our gender. Hmm. Have you, Ms. Kapow? Well, have you, so. Have you reinforced hyper-masculinity Mm-mm. as a female? Mm-mm. How about when I was trying to act all uh, macho and uh, drum, jump from the uh, flat-top mesa and you, you, you were laughing at me? <laughs> didn't you didn't you reinforce my hyper masculinity? I don't think so. Okay. Explains the University of Regina. <laughs> I don't make this up. Or is it Regina? Regina, but I think that's pretty <laughs> clever on your part. <laughs> the university I really do. <laughs> it is. That just came. <laughs> the University of Regina. <laughs> Says, here's a description. Come and share your sins so we can begin to discuss how to identify and change our ways. Mm. (laughs) Maybe this is a joke. I don't know. That's pretty funny. Uh, The man, this is a quote. The quote, man up against violence, end of quote, initiative will be hosting these events at the University of Regina in Canada during the present week. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The Masculinity Confession Booth will be making its debut Monday, but is also listed on the schedule for Tuesday through Thursday. Oh, boy. Days on which students can also attend a, quote, healthy relationships and healthy masculinity workshop, end of quote. Yet another event will seek to redefine the phrase, Quote, man up, wow. quote. 
Well, they have cowboy up, girl up. I mean, you know, might as well have man up. Man up. <coughs> well, but, but well, that's another phrase, though, because we did is. have the word man up or the phrase man up, which meant, you know. Yeah, man up. Be, be masculine. Yeah, but now this is anti-masculine. So mm-hmm. mm, that's why the workshop is going to redefine the phrase man up. I'd say Regina up. I would say just Regina up. Mm-hmm. You know, name it after the, the University of Regina. <laughs> At the Man Up Against Violence initiative, see, because if you're a man, you're violent. That's all, that's all to it. I mean, you, you know, you, just, you eat violently. You mow the lawn violently. You do man things very violently. Wow. Yeah. I, um, I never noticed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because you've been reinforcing it. Oh. At the Man Up Against Violence Initiative, we challenge mindsets and behaviors with regard to the social construction of masculinity and its relationship with violence. Details the who we are part of the site. <laughs> now, this is a quote. We work together to bring light to the causes of all types of violence related to gender, race, social economic status, ability level, and beyond. Mm. In the quote, you know, I just I love I love these pseudo intellectual university unintelligent idiots. They mm-hmm. always try to sound. The more words you put in, the more intelligent you sound. Yes, yes. Like, oh, this sounds good. You know, violence related to gender, race, social economic status, ability level, and guess what? And beyond. We can't think of anything else. So just and beyond. <laughs> Instead of using the word etc. <laughs> yeah, etc. Or stuff. You know, yeah. and stuff. <laughs> That's a bunch of Reginas. Man Up Against Violence aims to reduce violence, but also challenges social norms surrounding masculinity. And that's what the introductory under, introductory video says. It criticizes the stereotypical view of men as macho and unemotional, linking this to spousal abuse. Really? Yeah. By asserting that men have violent outbursts as a result of pent-up emotions. Huh. I know I do. <laughs> I just had a I just had a violent outburst. I had a pent up emotion. Um, we don't have to continue to live in a misogynistic society, says Tyler Perkins. I don't know if that's a guy. Oh, it's a guy. Oh my lord! I'm gonna I'm gonna get violent with this kid. Tyler Perkins. <laughs> He's a football player at the University of Regina. <laughs> so he's a mangina. He's a mangina at Regina. And in the video, he says, I think changing this falls on everyone, and especially men, because quite frankly, we are the problem right now. Wow. Yeah. Talking about him put, putting you guys under the bus. Yeah. Tyler's, Tyler is a mangina from Regina. Okay. What's the agenda on that? I mean... What's the agenda again? Yeah. Just destroy what God has set in place. Man and woman in harmony and in relationship with each other. Let's just destroy this. You know, this the 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 people behind this are the feminazis. Mm-hmm. These are the most unattractive, man-like, used to be women people. In the world, they're, they're just feminazi. This is what this is about. And they're taking these young males and trying to destroy them yeah. for a satanic agenda. There's no good that could come out of this. Mm-mm. 
no good that's going to come out of this. I mean, these these poor guys, if they fall into this junk, and the, and the women too, the girls that fall into this, when it comes time for them to seek a mate, yeah, how, where are they going to find security? Yeah, where are they going to feel safe and secure that this person could take care of business and you know earn a living and be a man? Mm-hmm. Well, once again, it it just totally ruins the family unit. Yeah, yeah. Okay, in Virginia, this dude was arrested. Have you seen this guy's uh, picture? He's yeah. dressed like it's a joker. Scary. Yeah, it's really scary. I thought it was just a stock photo, but it's this dude. Mm. His name is Jeremy Putnam, and this is the result of feeble hands and weak knees in your society. This this is the kind of demonic possession and result you're going to get. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, people, go to our Facebook page and um, look at this. Or Google, uh, It's this one's from ABC News. It's um, sword-wielding man dressed as the Joker. It'll pop up. You look at this guy's picture. Unbelievable. He's 31 years old, so he's not a kid. Mm-mm. He's arrested and charged with wearing a mask in public after he was spotted walking around dressed as the iconic comic book, the Joker, the supervillain Joker. They located uh, this dude after receiving several calls around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. A suspicious male wearing a black cape and carrying a sword walking around the city. Now, nothing good could have came out of this. No. This this was not going to end up well for anybody. Mm-mm. You know? And underneath his painted Joker face, I see neck tattoos. Neck tattoos on this yeah. guy. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that tells me, I see neck tattoos on this guy, and I'm going, okay. That tells me right there, uh, this guy's not going to be late for work no. tomorrow. Yeah, he's he's his contribution to society is not. Yeah, he's got green hair. He's got white uh, face makeup. You know the black eyes. And, mm-hmm. the I don't know mouth. if he has, yeah. I don't know if he has contacts in or is those those are just demons. I think those are demons. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, police had received several similar reports over the last week, but um, they don't know if there's any additional people. Um, you got to remember too that that uh, that clown movie is coming out. It yeah, that's coming out here again. Um, yeah, because we just didn't have enough. Yeah, so that's going to be another uprising of these stupid clown sightings. But this guy, this guy looks like uh, scary. This guy looks yeah. like he, he, would, he would kill somebody. You know, maybe those are contact lenses. Yeah, because that just doesn't look. No. Yeah. Yeah, they look because his his yeah. Like he put the white. The iris is real white. And, yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So anyway, although it may seem surprising that wearing a mask in public is a felony, uh, the police department wanted to remind the community of the seriousness of the crime. So they actually have a code that says it shall be unlawful for any person over sixteen years of age with the intent to conceal his identity to wear any mask, hood, or other device whereby a substantial portion of the face is hidden or covered so as to conceal the identity of the wearer or to be or to appear in any public place or upon any private property in the commonwealth without first having obtained from the owner or tenant thereof consent to do so in writing. Hmm. Wow. It's a $2000 bond for doing that, you know. Wow. So anyway, that's they, interesting. They probably prevented him from slashing 
somebody. I mean, that's that's a weird thing. And once again, what's the agenda behind this guy? It's demonic possession. There's, he's, they've given up. Yeah. Their soul, they've given up their souls and their spirits to to these things. It's the society we're living in. It's um, you know, it's it's all those locusts running around. I mean, this mm-hmm. it's, this is what's happening. Um, and and why? Because we're such a great Christian nation. Well, let me read this last article here. And I think this last article would go good with um, you can't fix stupid. Yeah, I really do. And so I'm going to. Um, Bring on the music. Okay, Mr. Fan. Mm-hmm. Witches to cast spell on Trump again. That's why we're... One of the reasons why we're in such a mess. Yep. Because of the... Occult. Yep. And our society has embraced it. They love it. They lick it. They taste it. Mm-hmm. I just love me the demonic cult. So a new crescent moon calls for a ritual. You got to use a photo, an, uh, an unattractive photo of Donald Trump. And where are they going to find that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I guarantee you, I'm the best looking man. I guarantee you, uh, they're not going to find an ugly photo of Trump. Mm-mm. I mean, look at that hair. Come on, uh, people. Come yeah. on. <laughs> they need a tarot card, that bad one, that real bad tarot card. I think it's the uh, the castle one. Mm. And they need a candle. They need a feather and an ashtray. Okay. They also need half a brain, and that's going to be far hard to do. Yeah. Uh, among the angry liberals who refuse to accept the 2016 presidential election results that put Donald Trump in the Oval Office are witches. Mm. And they will be gathering at midnight. Uh, this was last Sunday. Just a couple of days ago, they gathered at midnight to cast a spell again. And they're going to do this every month, apparently. Yeah, they yeah, they vowed to do that. Yep. They already tried last month to conjure up magic to remove him from office. Mm-hmm. And uh, all they did is they, 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 they prevented Obamacare from yeah. being removed. So they, they, they got to they gotta pick and tweak the spell. There's witches, there's exorcists, there's occultists. They say they again will cast a binding spell. Binding. Mm. Designed to bind Donald Trump and all who abet him. Mm-hmm. That's probably everybody who pays taxes. Yeah. Anti-Trump occultists performed the mass spell against the president last month under the hashtag bind Trump. Witches nationwide shared photos and videos on Twitter of them placing their hex on Trump. It's terrible. Terrible. It's terrible. They say they will repeat the ritual on March 26th. That was uh, last Sunday. And on every crescent moon until Donald Trump is removed from office. So they've got eight years they're going to be doing this. Eight years. Um, and so they're just brewing some spells and they got little Donald Trump, um, you know, dolls. And yeah. Can you believe it? Mm-hmm. So the next crescent moon, uh, the next rituals. So if you guys want to get ready to to party with them, it's going to take place <laughs> April twenty fourth and May twenty third. Yeah. Yep. 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 So you know they they want. Um, here's what they do. They take a they they take a, a picture of Donald, and they visualize him blowing apart into dust or ash. 
And um, you have to have an unflattering photo of Trump. Like like you you know you said, it's going to be hard to find that. Mm. A tarot card, a tiny stub of an orange candle, a pen or a small nail, water, salt, a feather, an ashtray, and um, calls on something to call on a spirit to ensure President Trump will fail utterly. Now see now. This is to their own demise. You know that. Well, I know it is. And then you got to live in this. You got to live in the country that you're calling to have the government destroyed. I mean, you know what I mean. I know. But yet, I don't. don't, Doesn't make sense to me. Mm -mm. Uh, Let's see. One of the participating groups with members donning crushed velvet cloaks and false eyelashes is Witches Against Fascist Totalitarianism. W a f t. Waft. <laughs> waft. That sounds like fart. Waft does. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like fart backwards or something, doesn't it? You know? Fascist against... Um, Which is against fascist totalitarian. Totalitarian, yes. Um, let's see. One event featured metallic ovary temporary tattoos. Mm, sounds, sounds good. Smudge sticks, cleansings, and witchy jewelry. Yeah. Uh, The far-left publication Jezebel published a story in September 2015 about Brooklyn witches cursing Trump because they wholeheartedly believe that Trump and the rest of the GOP are garbage. Hmm. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Uh, This one which says, even if the hexes don't work, a witch named Yenny said the video shows Mexicans that they've got plenty of good people on their side. (laughs) Well, that's going to make everybody feel better. Um, anyway, it goes on and on. Um, so that's what they're doing. So that's part of making everything more feeble uh, and weak mm-hmm. and weak knees. And that's why God says to America and to the, the whole world, to the human race, that's why he says, how weak is your heart? Mm-hmm. Seriously, God's saying, how weak is your heart? You see... Your works and everything you do, you see all these things, and they're the work of an adulterous whore. Mm. Yep. There was another article about uh, these witches doing this um, ritual in New York, but the weather was so bad that they they had to stop. Oh. Oh, man. You mean they can control the powers of Satan, but they can't control the weather. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, poor little witchies. Mm-hmm. Poor little witchies. I bet they're good-looking women, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, Miss Capel, I think I've been positive enough. Oh, I know. I'm all positive. <laughs> You're all positive? I'm, I'm ready- all positive. I'm ready to go into my male confession booth. Oh, okay. I don't want, I don't want to confess some masculinity stuff. <laughs> I really well, do. then we better say goodnight. Or okay. Be, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. Ciao, babies. <laughs>